gaze at the stick. From who's got it better than us to brick by brick. It's always the 49ers way from off season to game day. Yeah, we talk back. It's the 49ers cut back. It's 49ers Cutback Podcast time. And Alex, one of the big talking points has been the 49ers are 6-0 and against the Los Angeles Rams in their last six games that they've played. It has been an impressive feat, and we wanted to get into exactly why. Because you got to figure there's something, right? There's a formula that the 49ers are doing to be able to beat the Los Angeles Rams. So we want to get into it and talk about it and see if the 49ers can take that said formula and use it again in the NFC Championship game. I mean, you'd think, right? You'd think there's a formula. This has been since the 2019 season. This this started after the 2018 season, um, in which the Niners, actually up to that point, since Kyle Shanahan had been there, were actually 0-4 against the Rams. They lost their first four. They have since won six straight. I'm hearing some people in Rams land saying, that means McVay and the Rams are due. I'm not one of those people that believes in the laws of averages or, you know, you eventually no. Sometimes you go th- you go through runs with teams. You go through spurts, and what the ways t- the way teams are developed. Um, you know, you coming into twenty eighteen, the Niners, the, the change of the roster, right? Was the bringing in of Jimmy Garoppolo him supposed to be the guy and supposed to be the dude, and goes down very very early in that season, and so you're not able to get him in either one of these matchups. The Niners aren't really the 49ers without him out there, which means you're rolling with Nick Mullins a couple of times and CJ Bethan, I believe, in one of those, and which ended up being ugly games for the 49ers. Um, but we looked, we looked at some of the numbers, we've looked at some of the stats, and we've tried to, to really dive into this and figure out, you know, what what were some of the what are some of the common themes through those six wins? What are some common areas? Um, we looked at sacks, we looked at yards through the air throwing, we looked at turnovers, and one of the odd things was, and we looked at the turnover numbers, and the turnover numbers don't necessarily favor the 49ers. In fact, three of the six wins, they actually lost the turnover battle. Yeah, it, it pretty much made turnovers irrelevant. It, it's weird. It's like um, the 49ers could turn over the ball and still be able to beat the Rams, which hasn't been the case throughout the season. Usually when the 49ers lose the turnover battle, they end up losing the football game. But again, in this Rams series, you know, some of the times they don't. it doesn't matter. It's like the 49ers just find a way to overcome that. I mean, it was an interesting thing to look at because we thought there was going to be like distinct things that were going to point it out. You know, the Niners would win the turnover battle. Um, They would do, you know, this in the passing game. They would keep Jimmy Garoppolo clean. Like all these things that we thought were going to play into it. And there are some things, Alex, that we found um, that do are kind of consistent in how the 49ers end up, you know, beating the Rams. Um, If the 49ers run the ball over 30 times, they have a really good they they're, they're going to win. I mean that's just the key. That I think there's one time they don't rush the ball 30 times. The rest of the times they do and they win, of course. Um so I think the one time is an outlier and I think in that game if I'm if I'm remembering correctly, they had one carry less than the That is correct and I did misspeak and I did I said the Niners lost the turnover battle 3 times. Um they just didn't win it two of the times okay my apologies cutback crew it was two of the times they tied that was the most recent one uh and then one of them they lost they turned the ball over twice to the rams once um and there's been a couple games where the niners have turned the ball over three times but forced four on the rams on the other side of the football and won the game um so yeah but you're right it was one more rush attempt that's all the rams had in that situation uh the niners were much more efficient with their runs i think the rams had 24 in that game the niners only had 23 in that scenario of uh, the niners rushed for over 130 and the rams had i think about 80 yards rushing in that matchup and so, rush attempts was something that was very obvious um the even more obvious thing was when the niners rushed the ball over 40 times 
it has been a a it has been a a darn near close to a blowout in every single one of those games. It's been a game that the Niners have handily won against this Rams team. You and I both believe that the Niners can run the ball 40 times. There's a reason why you're doing it. It's typically because you're moving the football easily, chunking it out, or, or probably have a lead. Um, is it just that, or is there something else going on? Well, I think when you run the ball 40 times, it means you you know kind of ensued dominance. You're, you're taking over. You're dominating the other team. Um, and you're, you got them backpedaling along, way, along, along the way. And I think that the 49ers offense has really got that going. And 40 is a definite key number for a win. If the 49ers get 40 carries on the game, they're going to win the football game. Um, if it's 30, it's a little more up in the air, but it's a good situation. So um, the 49ers goal, I know against the Packers, was to run the ball 30 times. They ran it 29 times. It, it seems to be a key feature of what the 49ers do on offense is get the ball, you know, run it 30 to 35 times. And then when you play the Rams, if you can get that up into the 40s, you have the potential to blow them out. The, the, that's the thing that the 49ers need to do in this game. Um, we that's the definite thing that we found in these games is that the running game is one of the biggest parts and it's the 49ers run game if they can get it going then they have a chance to hang in or beat the rams um in the last six times they have beat the Rams. uh very very accurate and they have uh, i was taking a look just now too to try and see if i could see some sort of similarity between you know the amount of carries for the lead back at the time <laughs> or, or anything like that and and really no, it's not the case because the 2019 season when the Niners were rolling, um, you had a couple, a handful of different guys. In 2020 when the Niners were winning, Mostert had 17. Uh, Jermichael Hasty has nine. McKinnon has six. Um, this year, it's been a little bit more of Elijah Mitchell has 27. Uh, Jeff Wilson has 10. Uh, the last matchup, <clears throat> Elijah Mitchell carries the ball 21 times. The Debo Samuels, eight. So there is no <clears throat> like distribution scale that makes it one way or the other. It's it's simply and sheerly a volume. Volume of runs for the 49ers has typically led to success. Um, also, the other thing that we have to take into account and factor in is time of possession because in all of the matchups, except for one, the 49ers won the time of possession. The bigger the time the time of possession is, Ant, to go along with that run game, the more dominant the performance tends to be. The one time where they don't win the time of possession very close football game and another game that they won the time of possession, but by a very slim margin, close football game. But the Niners have never lost to the Rams when they've not lost, when they've lost the time of possession by less than six minutes. Meaning if it's five, six, under six minutes, five fifty nine or less. Yeah. The Niners have not lost a football game to the Rams. Yeah. I think that, I think what we're finding <clears throat> out is the run game is one of the big ties. Um, it's all about the amount of carries and the amount of time that you can control the ball. Because when you do, you keep, you know, McVay's offense off the field. And you're able to, you know, keep your guy, your defense off the field too. Um, that way they don't have to, you know, continually rush after and and get tired out. Um, we also seen the fall off from the 2018 games to, you know, the 2019, 2020, 2021 in the rushing, the way that the the Rams were able to attack. Um, that is when Todd Gurley kind of goes away. Uh, when Todd Gurley goes away, then you see the Rams run game suffer. They've definitely been different. They haven't been able to do it as well. The New England Patriots exposed the Rams running game in that Super Bowl. Um, it's no surprise that all these other teams figured out how to stop them, and then 49ers are no different. I believe the biggest catalyst in this, after we went through all the numbers, because there's no real rhyme or reason besides what we talked about the running game, is that Kyle Shanahan just knows how to beat Sean McVay. Um, Kyle Shanahan has figured out the formula. He has figured out what he needs to do, how he needs to operate, and he changes it up just a little bit each time. And there's a different way the 49ers find a way to beat the Rams every time. Very true, Ant. There has been a different way. Um, slightly different each and every time. Very early on, 
Um, yeah, the run game was having success in terms of running the football well, um, but Jimmy Garoppolo was throwing the ball a little bit more effectively. Uh, you, if you date it back to 2019, that very first matchup, uh, the Niners rushed the ball 41 times in that football game, but they only did it for 99 yards. So were you efficient running the football? No. And guess what? The Rams were on the other side, 22 for 109. But the final score of that game was 20 to 7. The Niners took care of business, and they were running the ball, Ant, on third down, third and shorts, getting first downs to keep the clock moving and keep drives moving, which is why it ends up being that way. Time of possession that game, they won it by 17 minutes. Um, but Jimmy Garoppolo was the one getting them into the third and shorts, and then the running game was taking care of the business, um, you know, in, in that sense, in that regard. That was the first matchup in that 2018 season. The second matchup, guess what? Jimmy Garoppolo throws for 248, but the Niners rush significantly better, and that was the game that you were talking about that 24-23 carry discrepancy where the Rams outcarried the 49ers. The 49ers were much more efficient. They were 24 carries for 72 yards. Niners 23 for a buck 19 in that game. Um, so a little bit more explosive with the run game. Didn't rely so much on the run. Um, didn't rely in that category as much. And the Rams actually controlled the clock in that game a little bit more. That five-minute time of possession difference there in their favor. But it was a 34-31 game. Um, a game that's oddly similar, eerily similar to the one we saw in week 18, where the Rams get out to an early lead. The Niners kind of storm back, but they storm back in the second quarter, not after halftime. Second quarter, the Rams claw back in it in the third, and the Niners hold off and win the thing in the fourth quarter defensively in a nice defensive battle in that situation. Um, you know, this, 20, this, this 2021 campaign, this week 18 matchup, slightly different. At the time of possession, oddly similar. The Niners only win it by five minutes in that game, Ant throw for 340 total yards and rush for a buck 35. Um, you know, the, the Rams aren't able to get the offense going after the first half. The Niners defense steps up in a big way. So halftime adjustments, maybe something else that, that we need to factor and take into account because it seems like a lot of these games that are closer, the Rams have a chance very early in the game to get out in front and get out in the head and then don't finish the job at the end of it. Yeah, I think that the 49ers have come up clutch too. We've had some times that they end the games, you know, they end, they end, they make the plays when they need to make them, whether that's this year or if that's in 2019. Famously, I remember uh, when Robbie Gold hit the field goal at the end of the game, just McVay's you know, shock on his face um, because the 49ers had went in there and, you know, took that game back. I think that there there is a common theme in all of this. That is that Kyle Shanahan, you know, and whatever defensive coordinator he has, uh, have been able to figure out how to stop McVay at some point. Right, there are times when they stop him. Uh, McVay is, has a very good offense, and he's, they're able to execute, and they put up a lot of numbers. But at some point, there's going to be little droughts in these, in these games. And on those droughts, the 49ers have to take advantage of it. And I think that is something we saw throughout the, you know, all the numbers that we've looked at in all the games, is that when are those droughts going to be, and can the 49ers you know, capitalize on those? Because just this, I mean, just this season, you had 17, you know, 17 points in the first half for the Rams. The second half, seven. Um, that's where the 49ers come back and you know make up all the ground. I think this is something that you can continually see, and it's got to be Kyle Shanahan uh, because he's the one constant. The defensive coordinator has changed, uh, but the one constant is Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan has been the one constant um, on this roster in terms of understanding McVay, understanding the scheme, what he wants to do. Um, and let's also not forget that a lot of the Rams' success very early on was due to the run game. Right the, During the Super Bowl run, Todd Gurley was that guy. He was that dude. Um, he goes and gets hurt gets hurt right before going to the playoffs. The knee becomes a very big problem, a big issue that they try and manage throughout it. Um, they get to that Super Bowl, and Bill Belichick and, and that Pats defense finds a way to really stuff it down, lock it down, and basically not make it as efficient as effective. Uh, you come in then, fast forward into the 2019 season, and the Niners have very good success against the Rams in the rushing game. And 
you know, don't let them, you know, get that established. And you force Jared Goff to have to be a guy who drops straight back and throws. Um, and listen, Matt Stafford is a much better arm talent than than Jared Goff is. But if you're able to make the Rams one-dimensional, um, Kyle Shanahan is from the same schooling of, of thought process with the pass game. He, he spent time with McVay. They've, they've learned from each other. They've built off of each other. Um, they're friends. They've shared schemes. They've, they've shared ideas. They know each other very well. And if Kyle knows that the run game can't get going, then he knows what Sean's thinking. He knows what he wants to do. It's the same thing on the other side of the, of the ball for Sean McVay. Um, he's very aware of what Kyle wants to do and how Kyle wants to establish things. But the difference has been execution in a lot of these football games. It truly has been. Um, and maybe it's mentality. Maybe it's personnel. I don't know. But I keep seeing a lot of people talking about how the Rams are a better roster than the 49ers, so in theory they should beat them. Um, they should be able to beat them, but the dangerous part about the Niners is that they've done it now six straight times, so they just believe that they're better and they believe they're just going to find a way. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that they have a better roster, than the 49ers because I think the Niners are much deeper than the Rams in a lot of categories and a lot of places at a lot of positions. But they have more, I guess, star power is, is the right way to put it. They have more well-known names. Um, well-known names don't necessarily always win you football games, though. Uh, and, and I like the roster the Niners have in terms of the pieces they have. We don't have the big names. But we have the guys who know how to do their job. Um, and in a game like this, where it's a rival, right, uh, it's a body bag game, as George Kittle has called it and referred to it as, uh, it isn't about, you know, you not getting put in a body bag because everyone is in a body bag game. At some point, you're going to be on the ground sitting there going, geez, Louise, how did I end up here? I need to fix this. It's about putting the opponent in that position more often than you are. And the Niners, I think, have more guys who can do that than the Rams can. Um, Yeah, I think that the whole body bag thing, too, is that's what the, the Rams were saying in their locker room. Correct. Um, that they were going to put the 49ers in a body bag, basically, in their season. Well, you didn't get it done, and now these guys are hard to kill, and they're here for you. Um, And now you got to face it. And... I think that it's a lot of its attitude. So the way this team has been built with John Lynch and Kyle Shannon, the emphasis has been on physicality. Um, whether then the physicality runs throughout the entire team, the offensive line physical, um, the running backs physical, the wide receivers physical, physical. the tight end sure as heck is physical, uh, fullback physical. All this tough is it's all about being tough. It's all about toughness, and that has been duplicated on the defensive side of the ball as well. These guys they come up and hit you, they lay the wood, and physicality is a real thing. It can wear on you in the game. Sometimes you can feel physically dominated. That's where the 49ers get their advantage. And that advantage is, is definitely shown as an example in the run game. That's why when the run game gets rolling, it does take an effect on the Rams. I think that that is one of the big reasons that some people see this roster and think that the Rams are more talented because you can see the big names in their starting, their starting groups. But what you don't see is the, is the 49ers are just as talented. The 49ers have just as many big names. They're just not as well known. Because you have Debo Samuel, who's one of the best wide receivers in the league. Who is getting shafted everywhere. Yeah, George Kittle is the best tight end in the league. Um, those are two big enough names for me on offensive side of the ball. If you have those that two guys. And that doesn't include Trent Williams. No, it doesn't. Who's the best offensive lineman? Uh, I, I think that right away, you, you just they're ignoring it a little bit. I think this is the Jimmy Garoppolo effect. You automatically say the other team's more talented because they believe their quarterback's better. And then on defense, they got Jalen Ramsey. They got Vaughn Miller. They got Aaron Donald. Um, they should just roll everyone. The problem is, is names don't matter when you get in, when you get in there and you get grimy. Uh, people start getting knocked over and knocked down, and things start changing. And you know, it's all it's all well and good until you body on body. And um, I think this is this is one of those things where it doesn't have to be explained. Just know it's real. Um, and can the 49ers make it seven? I don't know. I mean, this is going to be a tough game. I think the 49ers you know, have the talent to do so. I think they've had the game plan to do so. 
Um, I was definitely nervous during the Week 18 game. I thought the Rams came out and executed at a high level early on in that game, and I think they have the potential to do it again. However, did they swing? Did they take their best shot? Did they give everything they had in that Week 18 game in that first half? Or do they have something left? Does Sean McVay have something else that he can pull out to go against Kyle Shannon? Or is Kyle Shannon finally just taking his haymaker? Is it the LaFleur effect where LaFleur gave everything he had to beat him in week three? Then when you got into the playoffs, it was like, okay, I, I don't really have anything offensively that I can get you with. Does McVay have anything left? Going to be interesting. Um, I don't think they obviously showed all of their cards. Um, but here's the thing. They have showed their hand throughout the season, whether it's OBJ throwing touchdown passes now. Johnny Hecker in back-to-back games this year throwing passes to try and convert um, either a field goal into a first down attempt that was snuffed out by DJ Jones or the burning of, of Josh Norman on special teams, which we all hated, but we'll get fixed because not, it's not going to happen again. God, I hope I not. I thought that was against Dallas. No. Oh, that was against Dallas. Yeah. You're right. But Johnny Hecker did complete one. He did convert a first down pass on the 49ers as okay. well. So that, that did happen, but I was thinking Dallas and Josh Norman they happened so close together that just melded yeah they melded into one ant but it's fine johnny hecker did mr hecker did complete a pass against the niners for a first down uh he missed earlier in the season though he didn't miss he completed it it was just short uh and not a first down because dj jones is an absolute savage um but look the niners it's tough it's seven going seven winning seven straight against anyone winning just seven straight games period in the nfl is, is tough winning seven straight against one opponent is tough enough but anyone who thinks but because you've won six, now you're, you know, it's that much harder now to win the seventh one. No, every one of those wins is tough. Every one of those wins is like you've talked about, its own season. It's its own moment. It is. And anything could have happened in any one of those games. And I just could have faltered in any one of those games and fell. And then there was a lot, there's a handful of close wins in these six wins that could have gone the other direction with one play going a different direction. Um, you can't dwell on the fact that you've won six and therefore, it's going to be harder now to win a seventh. No. You can't worry about, hey, we've won two. Now it's going to be really hard to win a third. No. It was going to be just as hard to win one of those as it is going to be to win all three. Um, you have a team who's talented. You have a coach who's talented. You have, a co you have coaches who know each other. You have weapons and pieces on both sides of the football that are looking to prove a point for both teams. Um, you know, as much as the Rams, you know, have gone all in and need this, the 49ers are in a very similar boat. Um Maybe you haven't necessarily gone all in to the extent the Rams have, but you traded a lot of capital to get your future quarterback behind Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, right? You've re-signed Trent Williams to a big contract. You utilized Debo Samuel in a way coming into a contract year the next following season that he's now going to need, be, need to be paying big money. Nick Bosa has elevated from his 2019 form and shown how important he is. Eric Armstead and the DJ Jones pairing on the interior now makes you question and think, can you split those two up, or do you need to get both of these guys on the interior going forward, which opens up a, a whole host of other questions in terms of the rest of your D-line and what it could look like going forward. This is a big moment and an opportunity for the 49ers. There's a lot of things at stake here and a lot of opportunities at stake here. You're one game away with a division opponent that you have beaten the last six times that you faced, which means there's no excuses. There, there is no reason for you to not take care of business just one more time and get yourself into the championship. Yeah, I think that perception is is something that's out there. I, I think that number one, these players aren't worried about next. I mean, no. they, they they just can't. They're worried about this one game. Um, but this 49ers unit came from the depths. They came from a point where it didn't look like they had much of a a chance of making the playoffs, and then now they did. Um, so they're going in there with reckless abandon. That's how they've been playing these games. The physicality that they've been playing with, you know, the way that they they went into Green Bay and beat Lambeau or beat the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau Field. 
Uh, the way they went into Dallas and beat them, they're they're tested. The one thing that's not going to scare them is SoFi Stadium. It's not. It's just not. It's not a scary place to play. Um, the Rams are a scary opponent because they're really good, and everyone yeah. knows if you don't come out there and play, you know, an A game, you you have the potential to lose. But I think that the Fortnite are ready for this moment. Most of their players have played an NFC Championship game before. Most of them have played in a Super Bowl before. They know what it takes to win. They know what it takes to lose. Um, and they don't want to feel that feeling again. So you're going to have that motivation. The question is, is the Rams, are they ready? You know, I mean, they have a lot of players there, too. That, a lot of great players that went to the Super Bowl. They know what it takes to win. They know what, it, you know, what, what happens when you lose and the feelings that it is. The question is, is Matthew Stafford ready for this moment? Um, when it comes to the biggest crunch time and, and the biggest games, Jimmy Garoppolo has proven, especially this season, he's cool. He's ready. He's ready to lead his team to victory. He's done it continuously. Matthew Stafford did it against Tampa Bay. Well done. You know, great throw. Is he going to be, is this moment going to be too big for him? Is, is this going to be Detroit Matthew Stafford? Or is this the Matthew Stafford that everyone saw as, hey, this guy's got that athletic, this, uh, that ability um, to go ahead and get the ball out and, and make the plays that he needs to make down the stretch? I think it's something to watch in this game, but it all comes down to the run game. The four yards are going to make the Rams one-dimensional. They're going to force them, you know, to, to beat them with the pass. They're going to limit Cooper Cup. They're going to take away OBJ, and, the, and they're going to make Van Jefferson and, and then beat him. And I think that on the offensive side of the ball, they're going to pound the rock. Unlike Jay Hill thought on faceoff, it doesn't matter the amount of yards you get. If you run the football 40 times, you're going to win the football game. Um, because when you're running it like that, it opens up other things. And if you're running it that many times, it means you are converting on third down. That's one of the keys in this game as well. Jimmy Garoppolo has been a huge converter of third downs. Whether you're converting on the ground or in the air, uh, that's going to be a big pivotal part of this game. And you may be asking yourself, TCC, what do the numbers say on third down conversions? In, in all of those wins, how well have the Niners converted on third downs? Some games great, some games piss poor, and some games right in the middle. There is no rhyme or reason. Yeah. The only thing that has made any sort of sense when you look at the numbers and you watch the film is the run game. Niners' run game moves the ball downfield. It eats up clock. It keeps drives moving and going, puts Jimmy in manageable third downs. They hit on enough of them, and th those times that they hit and drive down the field and put the points on the board end up being the difference in why the 49ers win and lose the football game. They stop them more than they stop themselves, and you have to do it one more time this week, Ant. I guess the only other thing could be that I guess maybe maybe the deterioration of Todd Gurley had some sort of impact on the on the Rams offense and took it from where it was this hard to contain thing because of how special Todd Gurley was to a point now where they haven't been able to find that missing piece. Do you think that plays any role or impact on why the Rams have, have struggled so much against the Niners? I think it also people adapted. You know, I mean, the 49ers uh, change in, in defense as well. You add in Nick Bosa. You know, I mean, he, he's somebody that all of a sudden is going to play on the edge. You don't have him in those those first set of meetings between McVay and Kyle Shanahan. Um, he's a big difference. The emergence of Fred Warner becoming the player that he is. Dre yep. Greenlaw comes on the scene in 2019. Um, so you're adding players that are, you know, changing the way this defense fundamentally plays. And when you can stop the run with seven, you can definitely change how you play these guys. And the 49ers have done that consistently. So I think that the team, the 49ers just got better. Uh, the team that that McVay took over from the Rams in 2017 that Jeff Fisher left was a way better team than the 2017 49ers, you know, that got left by Chip Kelly. Um, and that's not so much the fault of, of Chip Kelly as it is Trent Baalke, but Kyle Shannon and John Lynch had to completely rechange and, and change this um, defense. And they did, they went through and, and, and did the defensive line and all that. Um, but you're talking about Solomon Thomas being one of those key figures back then. 
he's not a key figure anymore. Now you've got real run stoppers on the inside. DJ Jones has developed into the player that he has. All those things go to stop McVay. We've talked about this before. The 49ers have built a roster that is built to win championships. They're built to run the football in the playoffs, to play great defense, and a lot of that through the defensive line. That's the key to winning championships. Look at Tampa Bay last year. What did they do in the playoffs? They ran the football. They played great defense, especially a pass rush from the defensive line. The New York Giants team that Jay Hill was talking about ran the football, played great defense with a great defensive line. It is a tried and true formula. That's what John Lynch went in and built because that's what he knew from Tampa or from Tampa when he was there and won a Super Bowl. And that is what will that's what works. Sean McVay has a little bit of a different thought process. He did not build so much through the you know the defensive line. He built it a little bit on the outside. He had Aaron Donald already, but then they went out and got a corner. That's not something the Niners did. A little bit of a different uh you know difference between the two, but especially the linebacker core. The Rams traded away all their linebackers. 49ers have just gotten better and better. That's an interesting thought process because I think Sean looks at the Super Bowl loss and sees, you know, Brady able to complete some passes and some situations where they had some secondary lapses and thinks, man, if we can just have a guy who can make up for that and give Aaron enough time to get there, then we're fine. Like, we can do this and get this done. And so you can see how losses, experiences have shaped both coaches. Um, both coaches believe certain things. Also, paths of the organization and Kyle came in this this team was you know hot garbage not doing a whole lot not a big roster not anything expectation level was extremely low which means you had time to build it up and you had time to build it the way you wanted when McVeigh came in they were making the move from St. Louis to LA and you have to try and ingratiate yourself in this fan base that hasn't had a team in what two decades and so you need to get off to a hot start so you need the big name pieces. You have to be good early in order to get the excitement up and, up and around in Los Angeles. So what have they done? They haven't tried to draft young guys, take their lumps, and, and go. They've tried to get off to a hot start right away. They brought in big name free agents. They've made big trades. They've made the flashy moves. They've given up future draft capital. Try and make this team competitive right here, right now. Um, they're very competitive. They're very good. Both teams are in the NFC Championship game. That says something. It also says a lot about what the NFC West is and how tough of a division that was for everyone that was in it, uh, whether it was the Seattle Seahawks, Arizona Cardinals, and obviously our two, our two teams that are facing off now um, with a chance to go to the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, Both teams have taken very different paths to get here. Both teams have experienced different things to get here. The Rams have dealt with a lot of adversity when it comes to the 49ers. The 49ers have dealt with a lot of adversity basically the rest of the way. Way more adversity than the Rams dealt with this year, um, with this team and, and their current roster. We'll see if that has any sort of effect or impact. The other thing that we have to just, yeah, has to be stated, there is just a, a chance here that now that Kyle has the team that he needs, right? Because 2017, 2018 wasn't the case for Kyle Shanahan. Since 2019, when he had the team that he needed, the pieces he's needed in order to have some sort of success and find some success, he just knows what to do with those pieces against Sean McVay and this Rams team. Yeah, I think so. I think I think a lot of that plays into it. Um, I think that Kyle Shanahan believes this is closer, though, than it's ever been. Because in the offseason, um, one of the big things was Julio Jones is going to get traded. And Kyle Shanahan makes the statement that, oh, I, I, we didn't really want to go after him. We just didn't want the Rams to get him. Um, because they knew that Julio Jones would put them over. And now they ended up getting Odell Beckham Jr. Um, if they'd had Robert Woods, whew, we'd be talking a little bit different right now. Because Robert Correct. Woods, Cooper Cup... And OBJ would have been very tough to stop. Extremely. Um, that, was, that would have been the key lynch, linchpin that would have helped them overcome the 49ers. Um, but Robert Woods gets hurt, you know, and the rest is kind of history. But I think that when you're building a football team, a lot of times you build it to beat the teams within the division. 
I wonder if the move for for Von Miller was actually to beat Jimmy Garoppolo. I don't think so. I think it was in there to beat Kyler Murray. It was in there to beat Russell Wilson. That was the move that they were making. They thought that was the hump they needed to get over. The unfortunate fact for them is building that way to beat those other two teams who, you know, especially the Arizona Cardinals appeared to be the front runner. Is this a different type of animal when you're going against the 49ers? Um, the, that that was style, the wide open style um, that they run in Arizona is way different from the 49ers. The 49ers will bring you in tight and run you over. Um, so having those edge rushers on the outside is great. I mean, those guys can get after it, and those guys can get after Jimmy Garoppolo if he's you know going to be a stationary target. The problem is if the 49ers can win on first and second down by using the you know the advantages that they have in the run game and kicking those guys out, uh, well then you're in trouble. So it is a it's a it's a weird dichotomy where you got to build your team to beat the teams in your division. Um, but the way the 49ers are built, they're built different than the other teams. So you're building to beat the Seahawks and the Cardinals, and along the way, you got to deal with the animal that is the 49ers. Um, that's why they tried to end them in Week 18. They did not want this situation to happen, and now everyone's nervous. They're not wanting to sell tickets to the faithful. McVay doesn't. McVay's imploring, do not let tickets go to the faithful. Well, it's already been rumored 65. percent uh, We talked about that in the live stream. Yeah, so 65 percent. Um, that's more than the, the last game where it was 60%. 65% is supposed to be 49ers faithful. Hey, man, let's bump those numbers up. Yeah. Uh, how faithful? Cutback crew. Let's get those numbers a little bit higher. I'd like to see 75%. We get an additional 10 by Sunday. Can you imagine how loud it's going to be, though, with 65% of the fans being 49ers? It's going to be nuts. It is. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be exciting. And you know what? It, this, is, this is the kind of thing you want. Um, the Rams, if they win this game, 6-0 means nothing. I mean, in fact, it really doesn't mean anything to these players or coaches. I guarantee the 49ers aren't talking about the fact that they're 6-0 against the Rams. No. All they care about is going 1-0 in this NFC Championship game. All that matters. Um, that's all that matters. It might be on. It could be on the Rams' mind because, you know, that's something you got to overcome. But 49ers fans, absolutely not. This is more of a fan talking point. For us, it was just about find, trying to find out why this has happened. What's the formula been? Yeah, it, maybe there was a, a tried-and-true formula that Kyle Shanahan, you know, has executed. And what we found out is it's not. What it comes down to is when the time happens, the 49ers do something different every single time to win. The only constant is the run game. So the run game is the thing that you know you can kind of hang your hat on. If this run game goes for 40, the 49ers win by a blowout. If the run game is in the 30s, the 49ers are going to win. Um, those are That's the key number. Can the 49ers get there? We're going to see. We're going to see, Anton, and uh, just a little bit more, I guess, last tidbit of information for the cutback crew so you can kind of understand you know, just why we're why we dove into this and why we're taking a look in the in the first playoff matchup for the Rams against the Arizona Cardinals. The Cardinals ran the ball a mere sixteen times. That's it, sixteen rush attempts against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Bucks ran the the ball against the Cardinal against the Rams. Excuse me, fourteen. Two teams that threw the ball almost fifty times, sixty times in each one of those football games, and the Rams were able to have success because the Rams are built to get after the pass rusher, and you have an elite guy on the outside in Jalen Ramsey who locks down one half of the field. It plays into their strengths. If you're going to drop back and just throw the ball, sling it 40, 50 times. It's just, that's the reality of the situation. So the Rams haven't, have not, faced a team that is going to be physical, take it right at them, run the ball at them when they know they're going to run it, and have success. They haven't faced that kind of team yet. They faced that team two times in the regular season in the 49ers, but in the playoff run so far, it's been sit back, cover the field, try and get after the quarterback. Sit back, cover the field, try and get after the quarterback. That's been what they've been preparing for. That's what they've been seeing. And now they got a completely different game plan, an animal in front of them in San Francisco. 
And the Niners got a different, a completely different team in front of them uh, than, than they faced, you know, the last couple of weeks, because even last week, right, with that, that Green Bay team, you had the elements and that was going to impact and affect the game. You're in a dome, SoFi in LA, there are no elements, nothing to impact or take away from strengths and weaknesses, but just two teams going out there and trying to give the, their opponent their best shot. Yeah, I mean, the good news is the 49ers have went against some good defensive fronts. Um, Dallas Cowboys and then you know the Green Bay Packers. Both of them not only had all their players back, but they're big and physical on the interior. Um, and that's what you're going to see from the Rams. The Rams are good. They're quick. Uh, the one thing the Rams do a little bit more is give up size on the inside. They're not as big as what we just saw from Green Bay or even from Dallas, which true, plays true, into true. the 49ers' strengths because the 49ers are built also with not a lot of size. You don't have to worry about anchoring down, you know, and, and really holding your ground. I mean, I know Aaron Donald's a freak of nature, but for some reason, Daniel Brunskill plays him well. Um, he's able to play with leverage and anchor down against him. So those things play into the 49ers, you know, uh, advantage. I think that this is this is a this is a cool matchup. Um, it, it makes me nervous a little bit because you saw the way that the Rams came out in that week 18 game and took it to the 49ers. Um, the thing is I can just say is the Niners overcame. And the Niners overcome again. I don't know. Uh I, I'm gonna say I don't know, uh, but of course I do know. But I, it's it's just something to say I don't know. Uh, wait, are you, are you saying I don't know because we're not at the game preview show yet? Yeah, that's oh, it. Oh, okay, fair. I'm going to lay it all out in the game preview show, and I can't wait to get to know your opponent either where we can really break down uh, the 49ers game versus, you know, the, the Rams in Week 18. I think that's going to be exciting. Going to get to go over some of those key, you know, key plays, and um, after that, you know, it's going to be all balls to the walls getting ready for the Rams, so I'm excited about it. Balls to the wall, getting to the Rams, game plan video after that. Look, yeah. we're getting really close to the Friday frenzy. We're getting real close to to the game plan video and getting into this Sunday game and hopefully a huge reaction show uh, for the 49ers on the way to a Super Bowl. We'll Let's see. Hope. We'll Let's see hope. what happens. Don't get, don't, don't, we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. Don't get the big dog excited over here. Yeah. I'm not trying not to get yeah. the big dog excited, but we're also not going to get, you know, we're not going to get out in front of our skis. No. There's a lot of extra content this week coming out each and every day. We got a live stream tonight that you're not going to want to miss. So make sure you're here at 5.30 p.m. Pacific time. We discuss all the news coming out from the day and, uh, and from the first day of practice, because because today would be the first day of practice. Yeah, accurate. Which is exciting. There's going to be a lot of stuff out there. You know, will Trent Williams be out there? Um, will Debo Samuel be practicing? Aubrey, Aubrey Thomas. Thomas. Um, there's going to be you know a Jeff Wilson Jr. even somebody to watch. Uh, the Forty Nineers are I'm sure are going to make some moves, move some people around. You know, will Maurice Hurst? Will they decide to go with an extra defensive lineman this week, an extra person in the rotation? We'll see. Um, but there's going to be a lot of things that play into this and. Uh, Let's just hope. Let's just hope we're full, healthy, and ready to go for this game. And actually, I hope both teams are, because I want to see what happens. Um, you know, when these guys go against each other, no more excuses. Got to go get it done. But God, it's gonna be a slobber knocker, Ant. Let's hope it's like uh, the nineteen ninety. Hey, that would be nice. The 49ers ended up rolling thirty to three, and then beating the Denver Broncos uh, for the Super Bowl, fifty-five to ten. Only difference would be you're not gonna see the Denver Broncos in, in the Super Bowl. But hey, I, w- I would love a rolling. Maybe and it's then... another AFC West team. Could be. It, it could be. Ant. Or it could be the Bengals for the third time. It could be the Bengals for the third time. There's a lot of storylines to play out there here. Is. We'll see what happens. Cutback crew. We'll see you tonight for the live stream. Make sure you like, subscribe if you haven't already. Hit that notification bell as well. That way you're notified for all of the content when all the live streams go live. Reaction shows on Sundays and all of the quality content coming out on the Friday Frenzy this week. You're not going to want to miss it. You're definitely not going to want to miss the Madden simulation either Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time. So make sure you get all your ducks in a row now. Like this video. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already and become the newest member of the Cutback Crew. And uh, Ant-Man, this is going to be a lot of fun. I'm really excited for it. But we'll catch the Cutback Crew on the next one. And until then, stay safe. Remember the right way. Is always the 49ers way.